and welcome back to i have no idea what we're gonna call this <laughs> this is our our new uh attempt at doing a separate and somewhat more developed analysis of the media we watch we uh mm -hmm. we just last night finished watching the classic amazing movie uh, the I wouldn't opera. say classic and I wouldn't say amazing, but sure. <laughs> the hip opera, as he called it. Uh, R. Yep. Kelly's Trapped in the Closet. We didn't watch mm. the whole thing. The whole thing, I, I just found out, is three hours and 40 minutes long. I only saw the first two DVDs of it when I was younger, and apparently there were subsequent releases after that that I didn't know about. Um, but it is uh, it is quite the thing. Yeah. Well, we're here to break down just the first third of it. Yeah, the 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 good third. I don't know how the uh, the final segments kind of go out uh, in that in that movie, but the first two are pretty good. Uh, the first one is my by far and away my favorite, uh, and I I do feel like I need to <laughs> clarify how I came about this movie when I was when I was a kid because I first saw this in high school, and like many of my stories in high school, this started with Halo Two. I, there was a person we uh, there was a there was a girl we used to play with um, on Halo. I don't. I never actually talked to her. Scott showed her to you. Yeah, well, she was part of the the same kind of group of people that like we all played with. Introduced. Online. That was the word. Sorry, go on. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so I hadn't heard of this, um, and so she told me about it. And during one like Halo session, I found the, the whole thing online just while we were playing. I was watching it on my laptop and dying laughing because it is just pure gold. It's not supposed to be funny. It takes itself very seriously. It's like a really long meme. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm trying to remember when this actually came out. It, it was in the early 2000s. I just don't know exactly when in the early 2000s. And it's definitely not for people who... Hmm... It is... You need to be able to, to have a, a, a bit of a dark sense of humor. If you like Cards Against Humanity, you probably like this. Yeah, and the thing is, it was meant to be... It Like I said, it takes itself seriously. It was meant to be, I think, a very gritty look. Like, it was like a soap opera from the game. Was it? I don't think it was. I think it was... They knew how fucking stupid it was, <clears> and they were <throat> just making fun thing. Maybe... I don't know. R. Kelly seems like he takes himself very serious. Oh, I should clarify. You know, this is starring R. Kelly, written by R. Kelly, and sung by R. Kelly. The man who pees on kids, so just... We don't like the guy, but the movie's fucking hilarious. I feel yeah. like that disclaimer is necessary in this, in this context. Yeah, I didn't actually know anything about him personally. Um... I, I genuinely didn't even know who he was until Kaiser brought up the film. Yeah, rapper, hip-hop artist, and... Yeah. And uh, neither have I heard of the film before now, so it was eye-opening. I was a little bit worried when Kaiser said it was less than an hour long, uh, but, but there's, plenty there's stuff of we can definitely talk about, yeah. Oh, there's plenty of content. Yes. Uh, so in terms of structure, it's it's kind of broken up into... Technically, it's broken up into 22 parts, the whole thing. Um, and it's done in a very short, like, episodic fashion. So, like, there'll be a scene, it'll fade to black, there'll be, like, kind of an outro, it'll fade to black, and then it'll open up to the next scene. And it's done like that, and each one of those is a part. Um, 
and they're all sung. So there are actors on screen acting things out and you know, mouthing the words, but it's all being sung by R. Kelly. Which yeah. gets kind of hilarious when he has to do an accent. It's kind of like, I don't know if how many sitcoms did it, but I know Scrubs did it. They had an episode where everything was sung. A bunch uh, of them did it. I mean, Lucifer did that too. Yeah, and... Except it doesn't. Except this doesn't have like the laugh tracks put in or the the <laughs> pauses or anything. It's yeah, just there's... one continuous shit show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> also, I'm. It's going to be really, really hard for me not to sing during this because I I've seen this thing so many times. Like I watched it in high school a few times. You know, in college we actually screened it as like a movie night there. Um, and I've watched it since college with with other friends. It's just it's so good. All right, I'm I'm gonna get into the plot synopsis because there's just also this movie by today's sensibilities is intensely politically incorrect. So just oh, be yeah. aware. That's why I kind of said earlier that you know it's it's for people that like dark humor. Um, yeah. And I, I will maintain that I don't think it was it was meant to be funny. I think that they really, really thought they were making something serious here. And it just didn't work out. Anyway, so R. Kelly, or as he's called in the show Sylvester, uh, he you know, he wakes up and as he sings in the opening scene in a bed that don't belong to him, um and, you know, this woman comes in and it's not his wife and he realized he went to the club and he went back to the house with this girl and he's like oh i gotta get out of here i gotta get back to my home you know because he, he realizes he he fucked up he cheated on his wife you know and um as he's trying to leave the woman stops him and shoves him in the closet or because her husband's coming up the stairs he shows up and you know the two of them like, you know, go into the bed and she's, you know, trying to distract him by sleeping with him. And then Sylvester's cell phone goes off. It's the old Motorola Razor. That's a real throwback. It's going to date the movie. Um, and he hears it. And what he says is there's a mystery going on here and I'm going to solve it. I love I love the ways that like they, they phrase things in the movie because just to make things rhyme. Rhyme. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where, where, like, a thousand memes were spawned out of this movie. Because the guy's looking around, and Sylvester in the closet pulls out his gun. Because <laughs> the exact line is, he checks behind the dresser, I pull out my Beretta. <laughs> it just... Yeah, some of them are a bit tentative, but... Yeah. And, you, get, you get it. And I, I showed Blue a clip of this. This this became so this line became so infamous that South Park did a, a parody of it in one of their episodes. Uh, an episode that's notoriously hard to find these days because it also made fun of Scientology in that episode. But R. Kelly is is called in as a special expert by the police to get two people who are hiding in a closet out. And just every scene, he sings his lines and then pulls out his gun at the end of the scene. <laughs> In the South Park episode, not in the way he technically does that in this movie too. He pulls out his gun like constantly. He does far too much and for no good reason. Yeah, and one thing I commented on after the movie that didn't annoy me when I saw this movie as a a teenager, but it annoys me now as an adult. He has terrible trigger discipline. Like 
He's he's itching his head with the barrel of his gun with his finger on the trigger. <laughs> yeah, flagging himself and just yeah. Also, he at the end so anyway, he gets discovered by the preacher. The preacher's like, "Oh, I'm not going to be the only one heartbroken." And so he calls the, up the preacher being the the actual husband of Oh the yeah, sorry, lady. I didn't. Yeah, that's true. I, I kind of <laughs> skipped a step. The uh the the woman who he went home with her husband is a preacher. And of course, he discovers R. Kelly in the closet, who comes out with the gun pointed at the preacher. And oh no, he's a pastor. He's not a preacher. He's a pastor. And um, so he he's like, "Well, I'm not going to be the only one brokenhearted." And he pills out his phone, and he he's like, "Babe, come back. You know, gotta come upstairs." And he buzzes him in, and um, turns and turns out the the pastor is has a, a gay lover. Yep. And so now R. Kelly is like, you know... But they never use the word gay in it. Uh, I think he does when he's talking to his wife later. Uh, when R. Kelly's talking to his wife later. Oh, maybe. But yeah. I, I remember because there's a, there's a, I can sing the line. Um, yeah, when, when, um, when the, the boyfriend's coming up the stairs and R. Kelly's getting increasingly wanting to shoot the guy for no reason. Yeah. He's like, one... <laughs> Two. Like, why like, are you counting to four? You know what's happening. I'm gonna count to four. One. And then I just gotta shoot someone. <laughs> it's, it's. It is just. They they find more and more contrived reason to point guns at everyone in that like throughout the course of this movie. Yeah. Um. Anyway, for for some reason, the wife of the pastor convinces R. Kelly to stay there. And hear out the whole story of the weird love triangle between the pastor and his wife and the gay dude. And it, it doesn't make any sense, but it goes on for a while. R. Kelly gets annoyed by them, you know, arguing and fighting. And probably injures someone because he fires around <laughs> through the ceiling of an apartment building. <laughs> The, the exact line is, you know, it's like, you know, I, I, I How fire at me if you just had a scream and a thud. <laughs> He's, he said Silent scream, though. He said something along the lines of, like, it's like, uh, you know, so I, you know, I, I fire one in the air. And then it's like, it's not the air. You fired it into the ceiling of an apartment complex, you fucking psycho. And why? Just, just why? Just because he was getting annoyed with their cat fighting. Like And then he leaves and no one checks on the bullet that just happened in an apartment complex. Yeah. He just goes. And he just leaves. Yeah. And then but so then he goes home, uh, because because he calls his house, because he's just getting sick of everything, and the, the, the episode ends on this line and it's like and a man picked up his phone. Because the only one supposed to be home is his wife. And so now mm. he's like, oh, God, my wife's cheating on me, too. So he, he goes home, and he's like driving really fast. They have really shitty green screen behind him as he's Really he's shitty green screen. <laughs> it's, Which it's, is another reason why I think it's all just part of a jokey film. Yeah. I don't think it's... I mean, keep in mind, this was low budget from the early 2000s. So it, special effects weren't as developed as they are now. Mm. Anyway, so yeah. he's a Star Wars. <laughs> well, that's true. But Star Wars had a bigger budget. Anyway, doesn't matter. They they drive home. Like, he drives home as fast as he can. He gets pulled over by a police officer and uh, who gives him a ticket. And, uh, you know, he gets to his driveway, 
gets out of his car, busts in the back door, and he, like, you know, he's looking around trying to find, you know, if there's anyone in his house, and he, he opens the bed, uh, the bathroom door, and there's his wife in the shower, and he's in his, in his head, he's imagining that, you know, there's a guy in there with her, but when he opens, the, like, the curtain, it's, it's just her in there, and she's like, you know, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. And, um, so and he... she says, come. No, what, no, no, what, you keep going. Okay, I thought okay. you were going to miss something out. No, no, and, and so she, uh, he's like, you know, I called, you know, my home and a man picked up my phone and, and he, she's like, did you forget my, you know, my brother Twan came home today, which, uh, by the way, is just an epic name, like Twan, Twan, I, I don't know, I like that name, uh. But okay. Tuan, by the way, is one of my favorite characters. He he gets a lot more screen time in like the second DVD, the one we didn't watch. Um, also, can we just talk about why, if you're having an affair, why the fuck would you let the person you're having an affair with in your house pick up the phone? So she actually addresses this in the next scene. Um. Anyway, so anyway, so she like basically ironically pulls the exact same shit that the pastor's wife uh pulls and immediately starts you know trying to bang him like her husband and um you know he gets a cramp in his leg while they're banging and that's his reason to get up and then pull back the covers for some reason and then bam the reason yeah and and then bam there's a condom there on the bed i used one yeah and i it's funny because whatever the last line of the song is he always it, it's it's always echoed, but artificially, like he's saying it. So he's like, you know, I flip back the cover. Oh my god, a rubber, rubber, <laughs> rubber. <laughs> and it's just, it's just and it becomes particularly funny in a scene and later the on. The face he pulls is in slow motion because they slow the scene down for yes. that. Oh my god, it's so uh. good. Anyway, so so that that happens. And then the, the next scene, and now he's he's even more mad, and he's like, you know, shouting at his wife, and um, and then she finally flips it back on him, and she's like, yeah, I followed you to the club, and I saw you with that wig wearing hoe, and they, which is the exact phrasing she uses, the wig wearing ass hoe, and uh, anyway, the the two of them actually kind of <clears throat> when she. At the end of the scene, where they're having this conflict, she reveals that the guy who she was sleeping with was the policeman that pulled him over on his way home. Even though she doesn't know about that, and yeah. he doesn't actually tell her, yeah, work it out from. No, no, he doesn't work out who it was that she was talking about from that. It's so weird. Yeah, like, she shouldn't know that he got pulled over, unless it was coordinated. Like, she's like, hey, my husband's coming home, pull him over. But, again, how how does he know the route he's coming home by? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But they had to make it rhyme. Anyway, so, uh, at the end of, like, their whole conflict there, where they're both shouting at each other, you know, Sylvester just starts laughing. And, you know, they, they kind of almost have this little heart to heart where they're like they both realize they've done it's weird they've they've both they've both fucked up badly like he cheated on her she cheated on him 
I thought it was going to be like the crazy laughter he was doing that was going to end up with, you crazy bitch, pulls out Beretta, shoots her or something. That's what I was expecting to happen. He does have his gun out in this scene. Uh, although, be because he was like, is he still in the house or something like that? Yeah. And, but um, they, they end up just laughing together and he's trying to, he's telling her the whole story and how ridiculous it is. And this is where he does mention the guy's gay. Um he he goes like in the the scene where he's rapping what happened in the first part of the uh first, yeah. first part of it he's oh, like oh okay i see what you mean yeah, yeah he's like you know he's like got a he he got a hangover uh slept with a lady um she had a husband who was a pastor he had a lover turned out to be a gay guy is i may be butchering yeah. that line a little bit but he 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 essentially in rapid fire just uh, summarizes what happened earlier in the in the show, and <laughs> but what happens while he's doing this is the police officer gets worried because he's like, oh man, he's coming home, he's going to be angry. You know, I don't want anything to happen to her, and he pulls like this crazy like drift like <laughs> turn with terrible CGI behind him and like awful sound effects to come back to the house. Yeah. Which he gets out and he sees that the you know the car is parked weird and the lights are on in the car and then he goes in the back door and he sees it's been broken in and then he hears them laughing and he thinks oh god you know there's something going on in there because it doesn't sound like laughter and and he he walks in just as like and they're both on the floor and he he pulls out his gun and he's uh you know he's like freeze and then R Kelly's like oh you're that damn police officer and then pulls out his gun and then they're having a, a standoff in the middle of the never mind the fact that like if you're a police officer and somebody draws a gun on you and you've already got your gun out you're gonna shoot the person but yeah no the, the cop in theory should have just I don't know it, it was really like he probably I'm thinking like he should, knew the cop should have shot first if the guy pulled the gun on him yeah but I think the cop kind of knew he was in the wrong. Like, if this was actually investigated, they'd be like, oh, you you shouldn't yeah, have... I mean, he's already fucked up so many times that day. I, I don't even know. Yeah. So they, they have a bit of a, like, a conflict. You know, R. Kelly puts his gun down, and then um, the cop, like, smiles and winks at him. At which Smokes. point... Yeah, <laughs> at which point, like, Sylvester... I'm using R. Kelly and Sylvester interchangeably. It's the same character. Yeah. Um... He, he tackles the cop, and they're struggling with the gun, and the wife's like, you know, you guys are crazy, what the hell are you doing? And then the gun goes off. and yeah, then facing down, facing towards the floor. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> the, the exact line is, and all of a sudden, pow, pow, pow. Actually, I love that echo at the end. It just makes me laugh every time. Um, and you're meant to think that they shot the wife because, like Blue said, the, the gun was aimed at the floor, and you don't see the woman, you just see the shocked expression on both of their faces. And it isn't yep. until like a minute into the next, and it fades out on that, then it fades back in, and it, it takes a while, but then you see the the wife, and she's on the floor, but she's, it's then you realize that they shot someone else in the room, and you don't know who it is. And <laughs> it's her brother, Tuan. It's such a stupid thing, because it's like... The they very briefly mentioned this guy once in passing that he was coming out of prison and suddenly he was lying on the floor in the direction where the gun shot yeah and oh, God, he, he, he got home at like warp speed because they show him getting out of prison 
in like the middle of R. Kelly's synopsis of what happened, you know, earlier that day, and then somehow he's like he's already at the house. Yeah, dived under that bullet. So, <laughs> the thing is, like, you know, they they have this heart to heart. The police officer's like, "Oh, I can't be part of this," and you know, the the wife's like, "You weren't saying that when you were in my bed." And there's more love triangle drama, and then Tuan coughs, and they're like, "Oh, he's alive." <laughs> And um, and he gets up and he's like, "What what happened? Why did I get shot?" <laughs> <laughs> it's that's his actual life. Why did I get shot? Yeah. Which, to be fair, is a very good question. He just came home and the first thing he gets is a bullet. <laughs> oh uh. my! Oh god. Anyway, so so he he like. They're like, you know, the police officer like, we need to get you to a hospital. And he's like, nah, I don't need a hospital. I just need a bathroom. <laughs> bathroom, yeah. Let alone, he just got shot with a Glock. Like, that, that was a, a nine millimeter bullet isn't just something you shrug off. <laughs> yeah. But he goes in and he just goes to the bathroom, puts like a patch on it, and he's fine. Like. Yeah. And then a knock at the door. Yeah. And then there's, yeah, th that's true. Then there's a knock at the door. And everyone's like really tense because they're like, you know, I everything's been going crazy and so the, the r kelly points his gun at the door before they even open it tuan who mind you just got out of prison takes the cop's gun out of its holster and says arrest me later and then points it at the door too the cop's just fine with it you know and he yeah he just takes out his billy club yeah. Um, and then they, they, or night sick, whatever the fuck you call it. Anyway, they open the door and it's this old lady with like a hairnet on waving a Rosie. spatula around. Rosie the nosy neighbor is what yeah. they call her. But uh, the, R. Kelly immediately puts his, his gun down. But Tuan keeps his gun pointed at the old lady. <laughs> and, and somebody has to like shove his hand down. Like, what the fuck are you doing pointing the gun at this like elderly woman? With a spatula. Yeah, with a spatula in her hand. Um, it's just, anyway, they, so they, they bring her inside, the cop leaves, and that's where it fades out. So now cut to the cop going home, right? So the cop goes home, and he calls his wife, who is, <laughs> it's the, first of all, is the only white person in this entire show. And, yeah. R. Kelly's white person voice is the funniest thing I think I've ever he white lady yeah he tries to do like a southern bell accent it's so bad it's so bad it's how you doing how it's worse than, it's a lot worse than our voices I would say and that's saying something it's, it's pretty bad <laughs> R. Kelly does not have the the range of different voices <laughs> well um, to be fair he is singing as well I don't know how yeah, he, that, that's he's true. singing Sean Connery that that's that's a good point. But he is yeah, he he does sing a very shitty Southern Bell accent. <laughs> yep. Um anyway, so Cop talks to her on the phone for a bit, he gets home, and then she's all panicky when he gets home and she's much worse at lying than everyone else in this show. Before we go on, <clears throat> are we allowed to say the word that we're going to be using a lot in a minute? Yes. Well I okay. say yes. Okay, cool. And again, I I'm gonna we are going to use this is what I meant when um, the intensely politically incorrect um, there is a uh, well you'll you'll hear it when we get there yeah small person word yes. another word for a small person uh, so they um, yeah so he he's like you know just ignoring her even though she's trying to like get him upstairs she's she literally tries the same thing that every other woman in this has tried 
and tries to get him into bed to distract him. But the cops just having none of it. He, you know, he has leftover chicken and he, he's going to heat it up. And she's trying to give him a pie or something like that, and yeah. he doesn't want it. So she's he's, allergic to cherry pie. Yeah, pie, that's pie. Because <laughs> yeah, he he looks around the room and he's like getting more and more suspicious of her. And then he sees the pie missing a slice, and she's allergic to cherries. Why did she cook a cherry pie then? <laughs> anyway, so just there's there's that. Um, oh God, I, I lost. Uh, yeah, so uh, she, he, he then starts like looking around. He's pulling the fridge back, and this and you is think the, it's gonna be the closet. At yeah, least I did. Yeah, no, he goes to the cabinet under the sink, and right as he's about to open it, R. Kelly, the narrator, which mind you, he's in this twice. He's playing Sylvester, and but when he's playing Sylvester, he's wearing a, a red shirt coat and a suit. But when he's playing the narrator, he's wearing a black shirt and a suit. So then the narrator bursts out of the closet and he's like, now pause the movie because what I'm about to tell y'all is so damn twisted. <laughs> this is this is where the fade out gets funny. Not only is there a man in the cabinet, but the man is a midget, midget, midget. <laughs> That's the word that, you know, we're worried might offend people's sensibilities. But again, yeah different time it was a it was a different time like you're but <laughs> just the looping fade out of the word it, just, it makes me laugh every time oh anyway so then it comes back and yep. um so the the police officer pulls you know the guy out of the 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 cabinet and sits him on the table and like you know well no oh, no, no, no kicks no, him that's right the, the midget kicks him first and then goes running and then the cop jumps over the table and starts punching him and the wife like runs up the stairs and um ghouls yeah she she pulls a number that she got out of her husband's like stuff and it turns out it's sylvester's wife's number the guy that the police officer was having an affair with and so she calls him and or her and it cuts back to their house where Tuan recently shot but it's just fine and they're have they're playing cards at the table you know having drinks just chatting and then you know phone rings wife picks it up and you know they they have like a a, a panicked conversation where the, you know the the policeman's wife is talking about what happened and it's like oh there's you know all the, the it's summarized very quickly um and for some reason, the, you know, Art Kelly's wife is just, yeah, you know, I understand. Nope, yeah, believe me, I've been through this shit, too. And and now, for some reason, Sylvester and Tuan decide they're going to go to the police officer's house um, to deal with this. But that takes a while. So what happens first is the wife comes down the stairs with a shotgun. Yeah. As the police officer is roughing up the, you know, the, the, the midget trying to get him to tell him, like, what he's doing in his house and all this other stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and then they have, like, this three-way stand... Well, not three-way standoff. The police officer has a gun trained on his wife. The wife has a shotgun trained on him. And she confesses that, you know, she's in love with the, the midget and the line the, the police big officer... Man. Big man is his name. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. And um, the line 
the, the, the police officer has, says here also makes me laugh. He's like, you leave me for this fucking midget. Oh, no, you'll shoot me for this midget is what he says. Um, let's see what else. And then it's at this point when they're having this standoff when Tuan and R. Kelly both bust into the into the house. R. Kelly again with his gun out. He's just broken into the police officer's house because his wife called his wife and said all this was happening, and it just that it it gets there's escalating ridiculousness ridiculousness in this this movie. Um, yeah. But so they they have this this big standoff, and they no, um, no, no. and then the midget faints. Oh yeah. Oh. That's exactly what it, yeah. That's actually where it fades out. Oh, the midget faints again. <laughs> and everyone's like, what's that smell? Because apparently earlier he shat himself because he was scared of the police officer. Yeah. And, um... Oh, God. Tom and, wants to shoot everyone. Yeah, again. Although, thankfully, this time he doesn't have a gun. Yeah. It's like the only one in the scene that doesn't. He's just there, you know, flexing. Uh, man doesn't. Actually, that's a good point. So it's a it's a three way you know gun standoff between Sylvester, the police officer, and the police officer's wife. Um, so and that's when the big secret comes out. Fade in. Um, oh yeah, that's that's actually that's a that's a good point. The uh, yeah the wife uh, goes like she she's suddenly like feeling ill, and um, the police officer's like, "Can't you see my wife is sick?" And Tuan's like, "Don't believe that shit." And then. You know, she she's like the police officer's like she's three months pregnant, and everyone's like, which oh. I was like, why the fuck has he been pointing a gun at her if she's three months pregnant? Don't get me wrong, why is he pointing a gun at her anyway? But yeah. especially if she's pregnant with what he thinks is his child. There's a lot of like borderline domestic abuse going on in this series. Actually, not even borderline. There's a lot of domestic abuse in this original, but and not like. Not to make light of that, but it, it is presented in a very comical fashion. But again, like Blue said at the beginning of this, you kind of have to have a dark sense of humor to enjoy this, I think. Um, but she reveals at the end, the big reveal, right as it fades to black, is that not only has she been sleeping with the, uh, the midget, but he's her baby's daddy, as she says. In that hilarious accent. Yeah. Hey, it's my baby's daddy. <laughs> um, that's pretty much. I mean, the gist of, of, of what we got. To, I mean, we did. There was an extra scene. There is one last scene and at the end. Um, before they do that, the cop does turn to Sylvester and say, uh, "When Sylvester's talking to Big Daddy, Big Man, Big Man." Um, and he says, you're like these other two guys, which is the name of the guys from the first. Oh, yeah. Chuck and Rufus. That's one. Yeah. And so, like, they're, they're kind of implying that everyone kind of knows everyone, and they're all part of this giant network of people banging. Um, also, that it's revealed that he's called Big Man because he, and he points to his crotch, he's blessed. Um... So, yeah, so it fades out there, and that's that's the last we kind of see of those characters. But the final scene in the first movie, 
is where it goes back to check on what was happening at the pre uh, pastor's house. And uh, they have a bit of a like conflict where, I ironically, the gay lover and the wife have a bit of a fight over the pastor. They're like, you know, the the gay lover's like, you know, he's he's been with him forever. He loves me. We're getting married. And the wife's like, mm. you know, he's mine. And the, the gay lover was, for the most part, very sensible. And then he just randomly pulls a knife out. <laughs> That's true. At the end of the movie, he pull, he pulls a knife on the pastor's wife. Like, what? Yeah. And it all kind of culminates. And she's just like, yeah, go on, do it. And I'm like, what? Yeah, the, the, it's funny because the background music fades and they have this kind of rapid fire, like, wrapped cat fight between the wife and the gay lover. Anyway, so the final scene, and this is what ties it all together, is the wife gets a phone call because she's apparently friends with Sylvester's wife, who, mind you, banged her the night before to cheat on his wife. And she, the, like, Sylvester's wife is telling her everything, and she's trying to get a word in, because the pastor's wife realizes that she introduced her friend to the police officer, who she was then cheating on her husband with, but then her husband was the guy that banged the pastor's wife who was her and she cheated on her best friend with her husband it's it's a just that's kind of where they tie everything together and the characters are starting to realize how much of a massive clusterfuck everything is and that is yeah. the end of the first dvd there is much more to it and they tie it all together it's it even more ridiculous in the second part but it gets funnier as it goes on and i think they become a little bit more self-aware uh which kind of takes the fun out of it for me but that's a whole plot uh, do you want to give your thoughts before I, uh... <laughs> I need a break. Um, honestly, it's... I wouldn't even call it a film. I'd call it a really long, funny advert for Berettas. <laughs> <laughs> it is a really pretty gun. <laughs> I, like he, but the, the Beretta he pulls out is not just any Beretta. It's shiny, it's like silver-plated. Yeah. Very, uh, yeah, fashionable. Um, no, they're not the kind of film I'd normally watch, but it's a it's a light-hearted, fun, jokey thing. Light-hearted. What well, is, isn't it? You don't you don't take any of the characters seriously, oh, no. do you? No, I, I I think you need to have that sort of dark sense of humor to to get the lightheartedness out of it, though. I think. Hmm. Because if you think it, like if you take it dead seriously, a lot of very serious stuff happens in it. A man gets shot. There's people cheating on each other. There's relationships that are messed up. There's an illicit pregnancy with a stripper bitch. <laughs> oh, that's the other thing. He is a stripper as well. Just just in case the character of Big Man wasn't ridiculous enough. Yeah, most of the other characters were fairly vanilla with some very strange attributes added in afterwards but no i feel like with him they just went right from the get-go yeah just went full ham yeah um yeah that's kind of i don't know that's really it yeah. I, it's it is a fun watch but you do need to keep a couple things in mind one it was early 2000s and two um you know you got to go in there with kind of a a the expectation to just don't don't take it too seriously because <laughs> it, it is worth a, a good laugh if it is uh 
your your sense of, uh, good with your sense of humor. It's actually kind of a catchy tune as well in a lot of the uh, scenes. The first few times, it is the same song over and over and over again, basically yeah. with different words. I get the, what what R. Kelly actually referred to this as was his hip opera, which yeah. he was going for. I, I'm assuming he was going for the feel of a soap opera, but set to hip hop, and obviously, um, you know. Zoomed up. Yeah. It just... <laughs> I've... But you see, like... But you said this isn't normally something you'd watch. This is actually one of the... I think the greatest things about us starting to do these movie nights was... Kind of opens your eyes to watch something that maybe you haven't before. There's certainly movies... Yeah. That you and Alicia have chosen that I've... I wouldn't have ever watched myself. No. But yeah, there we go. Alright. So... This is probably where we'll we'll end it. Um, I would definitely recommend this. You, I don't know if you can find the DVDs anymore. I actually own it on DVD, the first two of of them, and now I own it on Amazon Prime, which I might yeah. I might watch the final parts uh, myself. How many? What's your rating? How many Berettas out of ten? Oh, how many Berettas out of ten? Fuck, I think that's at least seven for all the Berettas he pulls out. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go... I'm gonna go... Five. Colin, I'm gonna go five. Dead average? Dead average, because... It's not... It, it's funny, but it has no substance to it. Yeah. And I... I don't know, I kind of enjoy the kind of trashy slice-of-life drama uh, yeah. kind of genre, and just having it rapped to me with a hip-hop beat just made it all the better <laughs> i honestly I, we just watched it last night i want to watch it again <laughs> like i already want to watch it again that's how much i i enjoy that movie and it's it's not it's not there is no substance you're right well like trying to think of it oh. anal- what i was what? just thinking we should have done midgets out <laughs> no that, that too soon. Too far. <laughs> Berettas out of ten were perfect. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's you know this this is going to be the first episode of our new format uh, for the media segments. You know, let us know what you think. I I definitely had fun doing this. Yep. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think and uh, look forward to us doing another one of these when I believe it's Alicia's choice for a movie next. Correct. It is. So we'll. Oh, we'll does s- that mean we need to drag her into this? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Look forward to that, but we will talk to you guys soon. Laters.